You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the November... No, December. Welcome to December. December 2nd episode of the Bacon Bats podcast. NFL Week 13 is here. Uh, and I am hot, and I don't mean that in a meta- metaphorical sense because my bets actually have not been hot recently. They've been painfully average. Um, I'm literally melting right now. New York City, apparently you can't control your heat. It's either on or off. Maybe just because I live in a shitty apartment building, but I think this is kind of par for the course for New York City apartments is that like you can't, you don't have, you don't have access to the, to the heat control, to the thing where you can turn up and it's either on or off. And I have a radiator in my bedroom, and it's on, and I am dying in here. But you know what? I deserve it for going eight and seven, for jinxing myself last week. Had a great start, two and one on Thanksgiving, good start in the early slate on Sunday, and then I tweeted out all I need to do is go three and two in the last four games, and I'd hit ten wins, and I'd finally be able to play the victory song again. And I cursed myself, jinxed myself, went one and four the last four or five games to finish eight, seven, eight and seven for plus 0.24 units. So I guess it's profitable. I guess. Technically, it's a winning week. If you call 0.24 units a winning week. Uh, so that brings my total record this season in the road to 272 bets to 104 wins, 75 losses, one push for plus 24.41 units. I'm recording this right after my final college basketball bet ended here on Wednesday night. And I ended up going 2-1 and one with those. Lost my NBA player prop by point. And that was my last NHL bet going because I went 0-2 in the first two. Uh, 2-2 right now, Penguins, uh, Oilers. My non-NFL bets have run into a little bit of a... I don't know if it's a a small cold streak, but it's just it's just some bad luck. I mean, you get good bounces, you get bad bounces. Tuesday night, what was it? Indiana went to double overtime and lost. 
Um, Lightning were up 3-0, blew the lead, and lost in a shootout. Uh, and then there's one other bet that I had bad luck, and I tweeted it out. There's three uh, of Boston outshot Detroit, like 44-16, to and lost somehow. Uh, so a little bit of bad luck, but that's going to happen in sports betting. This, I mean, gambler giveth, gambler taketh away, and gambler is taketh away. Uh, a little bit more than giveth in the past couple of weeks. Uh, quick review of my NFL bets last week. Uh, there's three different types of losses when you bet on sports. There's uh, stingers, heartbreakers, bad beats. There's ones that you sh- you 99% of the time you would have won. Something weird happens at the last second and you lose. There's other ones where you lose but you still kind of feel good about the handicap. Um, and then there's others where the third type is that it, you feel like an absolute moron for making the bet. My first bet on Thanksgiving made me feel that way. Bears, Lions, why the hell did I take the over in that game? God, those teams are painful to watch. Holy shit. Uh, but then I did hit Raiders and Bills pretty easily. I wish I took Raiders' money line. I think I even said it last week that I that I was tempted to, but I didn't. I chickened out. Uh, old Ian would have done that. So in, in response for that, I'm taking a pretty big underdog this week. More on that in a second. Uh, Bills hit with ease. Uh, wh- what were my other significant losses here nobody wants to hear me talk oh but i did get a little bit of luck at the bucks uh the bucks to cover uh they would have pushed if they would have just kicked the field goal there but leonard Fournette went down and scored a touchdown didn't take a knee or step out of bounds on the one yard line which i appreciated he got in the end zone to cover the spread for the bucks um what other one did i rams was i'll talk about the rams when i get to their pick this week browns were covering the whole game then blew it at the end um, against the Ravens there. Uh, yeah, there was a penalty call there at the end of that game, a holding. If there was no holding, Ravens probably would have got a first down and just ne- kneeled it out. But holding call, pushed them back, they kicked a field goal, and, of course, they won by six points. So um, take the good, you take the bad, and there you have sports betting. Uh, this week, right before I get into my picks, um, first of all, while I am desperate to get 10 wins again, I feel like it's been forever since I've been able to play the victory song, but... It's probably not going to happen this week. There's only 14 games this week, so I'd have to go 10-4. and four. So most likely when I'm going to get a chance to play the victory song again is like the last, what is it, four weeks that the bye weeks are done. So I think the last, I think I have four shots at 16 games. 16 game slate gives me a little bit of a better chance to hit that double-digit wins. Uh, so I'll be looking out for that. I mean, if I get it this week, I'd be ecstatic. 10-4 and four would be fantastic. Uh, it's been a while since I've had a very good week. I think a couple weeks I went, ago I won two units, but then other than that, it's either been small wins or small losses. So let's get back on track with a big week uh, this week. But before I do get into those picks, I have a few Super Bowl bets I've placed. So I think right now is the perfect chance to take advantage of a few Super Bowl bets. I got two that are near the top of the odds list that won't sound surprising. And I have one completely off the board. One long shot play. First pick, Packers plus 750. Now, that might be a little bit surprising because you've heard me talk about how I think the Packers are a little bit fraudulent, and I do think they are on offense, but at the end of the day, it is Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, like the best quarterbacks of all time, and it kind of pains me to say this because I kind of don't really like Aaron Rodgers, um, he has whatever that it factor is, that factor where when he needs to make a play, when he needs to take his team down uh, to score a touchdown, he does it. Now, this is not... Usually, I just look at stats. You guys know I'm very stat-statistics-based, and their offense is like slightly above average so far this season, but Aaron Rodgers has been like this his whole career. He just has that it factor. It's the same thing Tom Brady has. Um, it's the same thing the best quarterbacks of all time have. So, 
the thing that usually holds the Packers back is their defense year in and year out, but now they have one of the best defenses in the NFL, especially defending the pass. You can still run on their defense a little bit. Very good pass defense, very good defense overall. Aaron Rodgers, I like that price of plus 750. My other one is the Bills at 8-1. to I think this is the perfect time now to buy the Bills on the Bills because if the Bills beat the Patriots on Monday Night Football, their odds uh, are going to, they might be the outright favorites after that. So I think it's a great time to bet on the Bills. I know you're thinking, oh, Ian, they lost to the Jaguars. They put up a stinker against the Titans and against the Colts. But they still, in that key uh, metric that I use all the time, net yards per play, they are first in the NFL by a mile. When they are clicking, they are the best team in the NFL. Um, And if they can still get that number one seed in the AFC, then they only need to click for three straight games to win the Super Bowl. So I think this is a good time to buy in on the Bills. I bet on them at plus 800. So Packers, Bills, those are my two Super Bowl bets. And these will be the only Super Bowl. Well, I'll probably, I might make an additional one at the start of the playoffs. Um... I've already counted my preseason Super Bowl bet of on the Browns. That's dead. That's over. Done. So now I I think that's maybe that's why I wanted to bet uh, more Super Bowl teams this week was because I've officially accepted that my Browns Super Bowl bet's dead. Uh, that's on me. Why do they bet on a cursed franchise? Don't know. Um, third pick. Long shot. I actually think I think I saw this team at one hundred to one one book. But it was uh, an American book that I can't bet on yet, number one, because I live in New York, and number two, because I don't have a social security number yet, or social, what do you guys call it, social security or social insurance number, whatever the American version of it is, I don't have, so I can't bet on the states yet. So I did see this at 101 at a regulated book, I can only still bet offshore for the time being, uh, and the two books I use had the same price, so I got it at 80 to 1, and that is, drumroll, the Las Vegas Raiders. I am betting on them right now to win the Super Bowl 80-1. to I'll talk about them more when, when I get to their game this week. But statistically, I think it's fourth in net yards per play they are. They're very, very, very good. Two statistics, or I guess four if you count offense and defense, which is the main reason why their record is what it is, is third down conversion percentage, both offensively and defensively, and red zone, red zone touchdown percentage, both offensively and defensively, ranking like the bottom five in the NFL. If they can fix their third down and red zone issues, the Raiders are a legit contender. Now, I know that sounds stupid, and it might be especially stupid if they don't even make the playoffs, but if you're looking for to bet like five bucks on something, ten bucks on something on a long shot Super Bowl, and... Let's be fair, if there's ever been an NFL season in recent uh, history where a long-shot team, a 6-seed, a 7-seed could win the Super Bowl, it's this year. This year is chaos. Raiders, 80-1. to So there you have it. Now, last thing before we get into the picks, I'm going to toss in an ad. You might hear one, you might not, depends on where you're located. Toss in an ad, and then the theme song, and then we're going to get into the picks. Let's go. This is the NFL Week 13 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Let's get into it. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 
Alright, here we go. Let's get on the picks. In the last few weeks, my the episodes have run a little bit longer than I wanted, so I, I cut down my, my reasoning on these picks a little bit, so hopefully I'll get through these a little bit quicker. I don't have any more rants to go on, really. Well, actually, I do have a couple. Uh, let's start Thursday Night Football. I am going to take the Cowboys minus 5 at minus 110. If there's a trap bet at all this week, it's this one. This bet seems so goddamn obvious that it makes me just want to take the Saints because of how obvious the Cowboys seem. If you guys have been listening, you know how I feel about the Saints. Their defense gets a lot of credit. You hear the talking heads talk about how good the Saints defense is, and they are in stopping the run, and they're also decent in the red zone, but their secondary is suspect as shit. 26th in opponent yards per pass attempt. 73.26% of the yards gained against the Saints come through the air. That's the fourth highest rate in the NFL, and now they have to face... What looks like is going to be a healthy Cowboys team that has C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper back in the lineup. It's a tough matchup stylistically. This secondary has been burned all season. The Falcons burned their secondary. Matt Ryan did with um, Calvin Ridley wasn't playing in that game. I don't was I don't even know I don't even know was Cordero Patterson playing in that game. He might have been, uh, but if not, he had nobody to throw to and still and still burn the Saints secondary. Now they have to face probably the best passing attack in the NFL right now. Tough. And I believe Taysom Hill is starting for the Saints at quarterback, which is promising because he's—I think he's better, the better option than Trevor Simeon. But still, is Taysom Hill going to be able to keep up with the Cowboys' pass attack? I don't think so. It's an obvious play. It's a square play. Everyone's on the Cowboys. Like I said, it's so—it's such an obvious bet. Like I would set the Cowboys at like seven and a half point favorites. I think we're getting like two and a half points of value here. It's so obvious. That part of me wants to take the Saints just because of that reason. But I'm not I gotta listen to the numbers. I gotta just try to listen to the numbers and stick to my handicapping. So Cowboys minus five, minus one ten. I'm not like some people who just will fade the public in every single play. You know what? I, I was gonna I was gonna chirp someone. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna be I'm I'm, I'm gonna be nice Ian today. Uh, good karma, good karma, good karma. And Sunday's games. Um Bears plus eight, minus one ten against uh, the Cardinals. If you're following someone's plays and the only thing they do is literally just fade the public, and that's their only reason for backing their plays, you probably should tail someone else. If if betting on sports was easy as just fading the public every play, then it'd be easy to be rich. Uh, I digress. I'm not going to mention who I'm talking about, though. Um, very famous person in the sports betting world. Not going to mention their name. Um... Yeah, that's enough about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to take the Bears in this spot. Bears plus 8, minus 110 against uh, the Cardinals. Now, I know handicapping the Cardinals has been weird lately with Kyler Murray out, but he looks like he is going to be back in the lineup this week. They're the team with the best record in the NFL right now. The Bears look like they've been shit recently. It seems like the Cardinals are an obvious bet here, minus 8, and I think the public is all over them. Um, but... Let's remember that the Cardinals can't stop the run. 30th in opponent yards per carry. 35.81% of the yards gained against the Cardinals come on the ground. That's the 6th most in the NFL. Now they play a Bears team that has 42.65% of their yards gained on offense comes on the ground. That's the 2nd most in the league. So what we have here is we have a home team who is getting 8 points. That is over a touchdown. Who gets the majority of their yards by running the football. And now they're playing against one of the worst teams in stopping the run in the NFL. I will take them here in this spot. And by the way, the Bears. Um, 
I accidentally closed this window, so I'm just going to stall while I bring it up again. But recently, even though the Bears are... What what are they in their last three games? The Bears are in their last three games, one and two covering the spread. Who was it against? The Lions. Sorry, I'm just going to look this up really quick. Should have had this ready. They lost to the Steelers. They lost to the Ravens. And then they beat the Lions. In those three weeks, their net yards per play is plus 1.77. They have the best net yards per play. Outside of the Patriots and Bills are the only teams better in net yards per play over each team's last three games. So maybe the Bears don't suck as much as they looked at the start of the season. Small sample size, but it is the three most recent games, plus 1.77 net yards per play. And now they're getting eight points on home to the Cardinals. Uh Uh-uh. Nope. If it's under a touchdown, maybe I'd go the Cardinals. Eight points, not doing it, going to take the Bears. By the way, a lot of ugly bets this week. A lot of ugly bets this week. It's going to be a stinker. So we'll see how this week goes. Um, speaking of speaking of ugly bets, speaking of underdogs, speaking of shitty teams, sound the alarms. Underdog money alert. Underdog money alert. Underdog money line alert. Lions plus 255 against the Vikings. They're touchdown underdogs. I'm not even worrying about the spread. This is the second time that I've been betting on the Lions money line. This No, this is the third time this season that I've bet Lions money line. I've officially lost my mind. And I'm sweating in this apartment right now. How is it so hot in here? Holy shit. Uh, I think the heat's roasting my brain right now. Because I'm taking the Lions on the money line against the Vikings. So stupid. You probably shouldn't tail this bet. But the last two weeks, I've had like my money line underdog picks have been like tiny. I've gotten away from taking aggressive shots. I should have taken Raiders money line last week. I'm getting aggressive here. Lions plus 255. And this is why Vikings, worst run defense in the NFL. They allow five yards per carry over their last three games, and they're dead last in opponent yards per carry for the entire season. Dan Campbell has increased his run call percentage by over 10% in the past three weeks. Now he runs the ball over 50% of the time. Now I know DeAndre Swift is out, um, but Jamal Williams is more than a serviceable back. He'll be fine. And I think Jamal Williams last time they played against the Vikings, I think had uh, like 4.4 yards per carry, something like that. He'll be fine. Detroit's defense, interestingly enough, has also picked it up recently, by the way. They've only allowed 5.2 yards per play over the last three games, which is right in the middle of the pack in the NFL when you look at the most three uh, recent games. That's not bad. That's improvements. So, let's take a shot. It would be very Vikings to lose this game, wouldn't it? They're right in the playoff hunt. Divisional game. Good matchup stylistically for the Lions. Let's take a shot. I'm going back to my roots of taking big money line underdog picks. Lions plus 255 against the Vikings. Lego. Then we are going to the Bucks and the Falcons. And I'm going to take the Bucks minus 11, minus 110 against my Falcons. So here's what I'll say about the Falcons. If you guys have been listening to this, I've gone back and forth on them all year. Obviously, they're my favorite team. So I get a little emotional when I think about the Falcons, when I talk about the Falcons. But I think I've finally settled on how I should feel about this team. And it's that I actually like Arthur Smith and the new coaching staff. In my opinion, the sign of a good coaching staff, and maybe I might be dead wrong when I say this, but this is kind of has always been my opinion, is the sign of a good coaching staff is that you beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And that's exactly what the Falcons have done. If you look at their wins and losses this season, 
It's almost like he could have predicted each one before the season started. Their wins have come against the teams that they were supposed to beat. Giants, Jets, Dolphins, Jaguars, Saints. Their losses have come against the Eagles, Bucks, Panthers, Cowboys, Patriots, and Washington. So really the only ones you might be able to switch out there. I mean, they probably should have beat Washington. They wore right up until the end. Uh, and then they kind of overperform by beating the Saints. So you switch Washington and the Saints. Like, it's very predictable what games they're going to win. They beat teams they're supposed to beat. Now, with that being said, what they also do is they lose to teams that they're supposed to lose to. And they lose bad. They're actually like the most simple NFL team to figure out. Um, and now they play the Bucks, And they'll most likely get just absolutely mollywopped by the Bucks. Is that an offensive word? I don't think it is, but it sounded offensive when I came out of it. Is that word canceled? Mollywopped? <laughs> is that somehow an offensive word and I didn't get the notice? It kind of sounds like it. If it is, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Uh, but the Falcons don't have... The, they, they just simply don't have the talent or the skill to hang with the best teams in the league. They don't. They are, they're very top-heavy. They have Matt Ryan, Cordell Patterson, A.J. Terrell. Young Hook, who is the best kicker in the league. Um, and the rest of them... The rest of the team sucks. Deion Jones is a decent linebacker. Uh, the rest of the team sucks. Calvin Ridley, when he plays, I don't know what's going on with him. Um, but they just... They, 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 they just don't have the skill or the talent to hang with the top teams in the NFL. They don't. Bucks are still third in NFL in net yards per play. One of the best teams in stopping the run. Their secondaries are improved compared to the start of the season. I think Bucks win big here. Just the, the Falcons just don't. They just don't. They, they just, I mean, you can be the best coach in the world. You just don't, you, they just don't have the talent on the roster to hang with the good teams. They just don't. Bucks minus 11, minus 110. Now, final note about the Falcons. If they do win their winnable games the rest of the way out, um, they would be they will go three and three the last six weeks, which would bring them to eight and nine, which might be good enough to make the playoffs because they have the Lions, Panthers, and Saints left. Those are three winnable games, and then they're going to lose to um, the Bucks this week, uh, the Bills, and the 49ers. Now, if they can somehow beat the 49ers, sneak a little win against the 49ers, they go four and two the last six weeks. That's um, that's a nine and eight record. I think nine and eight gets in the playoffs in the NFC. So, not counting the Falcons out just quite yet, but they're going to get just whooped in this game. Uh, next up, we're looking at Texans against Colts. I'm going to take the Texans plus nine minus one ten against the Colts. I told you guys ugly bets this week. Ugly, ugly, ugly bets. Texans are an ugly ass team to bet on. This is more of a bet against the Colts, though. I don't think they're as good as people are giving them credit for. So their last three games was uh, a win against the Jaguars, and then they trounced the Bills, and then they lost a, la- a second uh, last second loss to the Bucks. So to be fair, they looked good in all three of those games. Two wins, one was against a big win against a, a team that's arguably the best in the AFC, and then they almost beat the defending Super Bowl champs. But, but, in those three games, they had a net yards per play in the negative at minus .17. Ah, that's not good. Now, the Texans are terrible. They've slowly recently gotten better, though, especially on defense. In fact, and I tweeted this out uh, before recording tonight as I was uh, doing up my notes uh, here for the podcast. Over their last, over each team's last three games, the uh, Texans are third best in opponent yards per play. Now, someone tweeted that at me and said, um, Ian, those three games were against the Dolphins, Jets, and then the Titans. And yes, uh, those three games were against the Dolphins, Jets, and Titans without Derrick Henry and in a hurricane, but... Uh, let's not allow stats to get in the way um, of a good narrative here. 
or let's not let context get in the way of a good stat, I guess I should say. Texans defense has been playing better. They're nine-point underdogs to the Colts, who I, even though their record has been good recently, they've looked good by, by the eye test. Statistically, they're still negative in net yards per play. Nine points, home underdogs. I'll take the ugly-ass t- uh, Texans. Why not? Let's try. And you think, that bet was ugly. I'm going with the Jets. Who, I guess the theme of this week, so Jets plus 7, minus 115 against the Eagles. I guess the theme this week is just bet on every single shitty team, I guess. Um, I would set this line at Eagles minus 5.5. And, and I've talked about this before, but this is how you should handicap games. This is how professional sports bettors handicap games. Now, they usually have like systems and algorithms, but... Look at the before you um, look at what the line for the game is. Look at the stats. Look at the trends. Look at everything that you do. Handicap the game yourself. Come up with your own line, and then compare that uh, to what the line is. Uh, Greg Peterson does this obviously with college basketball, um, and this is what you should do. I set this line at Eagles minus five and a half. So since the Jets are plus seven, I got to take the Jets. Now a couple of reasons why yards per play on offense for each team over the last three games. They're both at five point three. Jets' defense is dead last in opponent yards per play, but they did show signs of life last week. Now, it was against the Texans, who I'm also betting on this week, uh, but the Jets allowed the second-fewest yards per play last week. Um, and I don't really have any other stats to back it up, because the Jets stink. So, I mean, it's not like they're secretly really good at a couple things. They generally stink. But both offenses have been comparable recently. Jets are seven-point home underdogs. I don't think this is an Eagles team that really blows a lot of teams out outside the Falcons in Week 1. Uh, I'll take the Jets plus 7, minus 115. Then we got the Chargers and the Bengals. Um, I'm going to take the Chargers plus 3, minus 105 against the Bengals here. No idea what's going to happen in this game, and I wouldn't be shocked by any results. So, as I've said in the past, anytime there's a game with very similar teams, anytime there's a game that I think is going to be a coin flip, I just take the team that gets points, and it generally works out for me. I remember last week the Texans-Jets, I thought, were a coin flip. I took the team getting the points, which was the Jets, and it worked out. Um, Second thing, stats do slightly favor the Chargers. When you look at things like net yards per play, Chargers rank higher than the Bengals, um, both in season-long numbers and in last three games. Actually, over the last three games, games, Bengals and net yards per play, minus 1.36. That's a worrying stat if you're a Bengals fan. Not Even though they blew the Steelers out, they have not been good statistically the last three games. Uh, Now, the Chargers' biggest problems have been on third down defense and red zone defense. 31st on both of those, not good. Um, Still going to back them here, though, but that third down defense and red zone defense has kind of killed them this year. But, coin flip game, I think slightly more stats do favor the Chargers. Bengals do get the favor in some, like in a lot of third down and red zone stats. But I'll take the team getting the points, plus 3, minus 105. Dolphins. Giants. Going to take the Dolphins here. Home favorites, minus 4.5, minus 110 against the Giants. The Dolphins are starting to turn their team around, to be fair. Credit where credit's due. 8th in the NFL in net yards per play over each team's last three games. Tua has been on fire in November. You guys have been seeing around Twitter, all these pro-Tua tweets are coming out. His stats are looking good. Dolphins' defense is looking much better. I don't think they're as bad of a team as they were early in the season. I think we're getting some positive regression from them, and I think that's going to continue this week. Meanwhile, the Giants' net yards per play over the last three weeks, minus 1.11. That's fourth worst in the NFL in that span. And Daniel Jones might not play. Uh, Reports came out that he wasn't going to play. Mike Lennon was going to start. And then I saw, I 
looked it up again before I started recording, and it looks like Daniel Jones might try to play, even though it's a neck injury, which is scary. Um, but, I mean, there's no way I'm going to bet on the Giants, take the risk, and then Daniel jo- or uh, Mike Lennon starts on Sunday. You don't want to bet on a team that has Mike Lennon as their quarterback. Not, not a good idea. So I'll go Dolphins, minus 4.5, minus 110 in that one. That's the end of the early slate of games, which means ad break really quick. Or not, depends on where you're located. Be back in a second. All right, late slate of games. Uh, we got four late afternoons and then the two prime times, so we got six games left. Rams minus thirteen. Oh, here we go. Let's talk about the Rams. Rams minus thirteen, minus one hundred five against the Jaguars. So the Rams made me look really dumb this past weekend. Uh, I sent out a tweet during the game with the Packers. Oh, and by and I also tweeted out. I did, for some reason, I decided to play a four leg parlay on Sunday. I'm very anti parlay. I almost never do parlays. But I woke up feeling a little risky Sunday. I felt very good about three different be- or four different bets. Um, did a parlay. First three hit in the early slate. It was Bengals, Giants, and I forget what the other game was. But first three hit, I tweeted it out. I mean, not lying. You can go look up my friggin' um, bet slip, which shows that I lost uh, the fourth one. I just forget what the third game was. So all I needed was the Rams to beat the Packers in the late slate. And I thought, should I hedge? Probably. That would be the smart sports better thing to do. I could hedge just so enough so I get my money back. I could have hedged so I would have been guaranteed uh, the same amount no matter what the outcome was. There was a lot of things I could have done. Did I do any of those smart things? No, because I thought, yeah, but I love the Rams. There's no way that they're going to lose to the Packers. There's no way. And it wasn't even close. Tough. And then not only that, they made me look stupid because I sent a tweet out during the game about how the Rams are like reverse frauds. They're like the opposite of the Titans, where their stats are really good, but then they have turnover, bad luck, untimely turnovers, bad penalty luck. All the things that could go against a team that's kind of left more up to chance more than anything else goes against them. And then within seconds of me tweeting that, they allowed a touchdown and then threw pick six. And I got just roasted in my mentions. Just roasted. And usually when I get roasted, it's like fans of teams or like people who I know like I'm just upset because they can't take a or they can't take a joke or they don't like people trashing their teams. I was getting roasted by like the people that I like. <laughs> I was getting roasted by like the people who are usually nice to me in my mentions. We're like replying to the tweet and they're like, "Dude, no, this ain't it. <laughs> it's time. It's time to log off Twitter." So when people who are usually nice to me start chirping me, um, that's when I know I, I probably I probably fucked up. So. And then the Rams just got their ass kicked. So I say all this now. I'm I'm back. I'm back on the Rams, despite all of that. I know the tweet didn't really make that much sense, especially with Matt, Matt Stafford has been thrown some bad interceptions. Sean McVay's had made some bad coaching decisions. But, 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 hear me out, because the next two things I'm about to say are fact. They are fact. I'm not saying the next two things I'm going to say are not opinion-based whatsoever. They are Tangible, objective facts. Number one, the Rams are still the second team in the NFL in net yards per play. Number two, despite losing three straight games, the Rams' net yards per play in those three losses is plus 0.6, which is the seventh highest mark among all teams in their last three games. So statistically, my tweet kind of wasn't wrong. Statistically, they're still the best team in the NFL. Picks three games with three straight pick six is not good. First of all, Matt Stafford hasn't been good. Sean McVay's coaching hasn't been good. Stafford might be hurt, but 
I'm married to the stats. I can't just completely disregard stats 100%. I can't. In three straight games, in which they lost, all three games, the Rams have still, in those three games, have the seventh highest mark in net yards per play in the NFL. I can't ignore that. Meanwhile, the Jaguars stink. Rams are going to dismantle them and back on the Rams train. Rams, minus 13, minus 105. Next game is my favorite game of the week, and this might be my favorite bet of the NFL season. Might be. It's up there. Definitely my favorite bet of the week. Raiders. Raiders, minus 2.5, minus 107 against Washington. Sell high on Washington, first of all. Don't let three straight wins fool you into thinking Washington's actually a good football team. In those three wins, they had minus 0.97 net yards per play. How you manage to manage to win three games when you're averaging almost a full yard negative per play is beyond me. But, I mean, that's why there's more to it than just there's, there's luck, there's chance, there's penalties, there's coaches' decisions. Um, there's Pete Carroll being 85 years old. Uh, Washington, not good. Don't let them convince you into thinking they're a good football team. 20th in offensive yards per play, 29th in opponent yards per play, 28th in opponent yards per pass attempt. And if you are a believer in statistics, if you believe that statistics show truly how good or at least how effective a team is at moving the ball and preventing the other team from moving the ball, this is an absolute pounded game. So I just listed those stats. 20th in, in offensive yards per play, 29th in opponent yards per play, 28th in opponent yards per pass them. Now they're on the road against a Raiders team, which I already said I'm betting on them to win the Super Bowl because they are 4th in the NFL in net yards per play. The only team better in net yards per play are the Bills, Rams, Bucks. That's it. Net yards per play. Bills, Rams, Bucks, Raiders. 3rd in yards per pass attempt, 3rd in yards per completion, 7th in opponent yards per pass attempt. Now, like I said at the start when I was breaking down why I like the Raiders at 80-1 to win the Super Bowl, they struggle on 3rd down and in the red zone, and that's both offensively and defensively. That's what's screwing them. If they can just fix those 3rd down and red zone, they are like a legitimate contender, statistically. But this week they're playing against a bad Washington team. Sell high spot on Washington. Love this bet, love this bet, love this bet. Raiders minus 2.5, minus 107. They've got the Ravens, Steelers. This is, ironically, my second favorite bet. Now, this is the one that I gave out on the uh, uh, roundtable best bets, early leans thing that we do with BetSided. So you may already know this pick. It's over 44. Don't want to reiterate myself because I actually wrote the article on BetSided for this game as well. And I broke it down in the video. But basically it comes down to this. The total is only 44. You assume the Ravens and Steelers have two of the best defenses in the NFL, but they're actually two of the worst defenses in the NFL this season. So erase the idea in your mind that these two are the two top defenses in the NFL. And listen to the commentators. If the commentators say during this game, if they compliment either defense and say that their defense is a scary unit or their defense is among the best in the league or it's hard to move the ball against this defense, that analyst should be fired. Steelers, 25th in opponent yards per play. Ravens, 30th. Steelers can't stop the run, 31st in opponent yards per carry. Baltimore can't stop the pass, 30th in opponent yards per pass attempt. These defenses can be beat, but yet the total for the game is only set at a relatively low mark of 44. Makes no sense in my opinion. I will take the over in this rivalry game and bank on these bad defenses allowing a plethora of points. A plethora. 
Plethora sounds like a sexual term for some reason. Plethora. Um, yeah, Raven Steelers over 44. Then we got uh, the other one, Seahawks. Uh, the other, I think, they, yeah, no, there's still two more late afternoon games. Uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks plus three, minus 110 against the 49ers. A little bit of reverse line movement in this game. I believe the line opened up at three and a half. All the money's on the 49ers because why not? And uh, But the line has moved down towards the Seahawks to three. Huh. Hmm. 92% of the bets, according to the website I looked at, has the 49ers, but yet the line has moved in favor of the Seahawks. Hmm. <laughs> Doesn't it seem so obvious? The Seahawks sucks. suck. The 49ers have been rolling. How are the 49ers only three-point favorites? Well, 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 friends. This is my throw... It, most of the stats with the window game game of the week. Last week, that was the Giants, and they covered. This week, it's this one. But there is one main stat that I'm looking at that makes me lean the Seahawks. So, the 49ers, over their last three weeks, have ran the ball on 63.5% of plays. That's insane. Like, that's like army level. Maybe it's not quite army in college football, but like... I don't remember the last time I've seen an NFL team run the football on 63% of plays, but that's what the 49ers have the last three weeks. That is the highest in the NFL by a wide margin. Well, the biggest strength on the Seahawks' entire team is their run defense. Fourth in opponent yards per carry this season, allowing only an average of 3.9, and that drops to only 3.3 over the last three games, so they've gotten even better at stopping the run. Now still, even with that being said, Seahawks plus three makes no sense. But it's a play that makes no sense, so much that it makes sense, and I also have at least a couple statistics to back it up. This is my throw most stats out the window play of the week. Big, this is a big, um, um, if this, by the way, if this is a big public week, I'm screwed. I'm unintentionally fading the public in a lot of, lot of plays this week. Uh, Chiefs, Broncos, Oh, no, this is, yeah, no, that was the last late afternoon. This is a Sunday night game. Uh, I'm going to go Chiefs minus 10, minus 110. The Broncos are another example of a team that is shitty, but have convinced people that they're good because they've won a few games recently. But I've talked about this previously. It's easy to fall to recency bias in the NFL because the last three games, you're only looking at last, you're, it's three weeks. Three games in any other sport is like one week. So, like, people forget performances that happened, like, a month and a half ago, even though it's only, like, five games ago. Sample size is big. The Broncos are not as good as you think they are. They're average to below average. They're, like, 15th in this stat, 18th in this stat, 19th in this stat. They're not a terrible team, but they're not that good. Um, and I think the Chiefs are peaking at the right time here. You saw a little bit of it, little bit of it and then they went on bye week. Andy Reid's always been good off the bye their defense has been playing a lot better. Uh, over there, they haven't allowed more than 20 points in four straight games, and that includes games against the Raiders-Cowboys. does include the Packers as well, but I'm not going like, to cite the Packers game because of that was Jordan Love in that game. But they're also ninth in opponent yards per play in their last three games, so their defense has picked it up in recent weeks. And key stat for the Chiefs' offense, which despite their struggles on, on offense for a good portion of the season, they're still first in the NFL in third down conversion rate, which is huge. Converting third downs is huge. I think Chiefs blow them out. Chiefs minus 10, minus 10, minus 110. Monday Night Football, I'm going to take the Battle of the AFC East. I'm going to take the Bills 
minus three, minus 105. You're probably going to guess that by the fact I'm betting on them to win the Super Bowl. And I said that if you want to bet on them to win the Super Bowl, this week's going to be the week. Unless you think the Patriots are going to win, then hold off. But I think the Bills are going to win here. Patriots, I mean, this is the ultimate sell-high spot. Hottest team in the NFL. They've 6-0 and straight up and against the spread their last six games. Everyone's all over them. People are starting to talk about them as Super Bowl contenders. And if this season has, talked, uh, has taught you anything... <laughs> it's that as soon as a team starts being thrown in the Super Bowl contender conversation, uh, they'll lose. <laughs> so it was the Titans a couple weeks ago. Um, it was the Packers before their last loss. It was the Rams at one point in time. Um, it was the Cardinals before their last loss. Now everyone's talking about the Patriots, and they have been hot, have been playing very good. They are a playoff team. I'm not sold on them being Super Bowl contenders yet, but they're certainly a playoff team. Um and then with the Bills, you got to look past a few dud games that the Bills have played this season. Yes, they lost to the Jaguars. Yes, they got blown out by the Titans and in the, in the, in, in the Colts. But even with those bad losses, they still rank first in the NFL in net yards per play, and it's not even close. They also rank sixth in the NFL in yards per play, first in opponent yards per play. Patriots are 14th and third in those respective stats. Now, if there is one weakness that the Bills do have, it's stopping the run. Now, their actual numbers in stopping the run um, are decent, but they haven't really played any good running backs this season, and the two that they've played, Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, just torched them. So if I'm going to bet against the Bills later on the season, it's going to be when they play against teams with a really good running attack, but that's not the Patriots. The Patriots don't have a Derrick Henry. They don't have a Jonathan Taylor. So don't let recency bias cloud your judgment on the Patriots here. Yes, they are good. Yes, they are better than we thought they were. Um, but the Bills are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Bills minus three, minus 105. So there you have it, my friends. Uh, those are the um, those are the plays for this week. I'm not going to have another ad break. I tossed in the ad break earlier in the show instead of later this time. Uh, so let's just get right into... I will break down, or I will recap the picks. I'll give you my best bets and my teaser, and then we'll get you out of here. And thankfully, this one has been a little bit shorter uh, than the past few weeks. So, picks... Cowboys, minus 5, minus 110 against the Saints. Bears, plus 8, minus 110 against the Cardinals. Lions, plus 255 against the Vikings, money line. Bucks, minus 11, minus 110 against the Falcons. Texans, plus 9, minus 110 against the Colts. Jets, plus 7, minus 115 against the Eagles. Chargers, plus 3, minus 105 against the Bengals. Dolphins, minus 4.5, minus 110 against the Giants. Rams, minus 13, minus 105 against the Jaguars. Raiders, minus 2.5, minus 107 against Washington. Ravens, Steelers, over 44, minus 110. Seahawks, plus 3, minus 110 against 49ers. Chiefs, minus, minus 10, minus 110 against the Broncos. Then we got the Bills, minus 3, minus 105 against the Patriots. Now, my best bets for the week. Raiders minus 2.5, best bet of the week. Ravens, Steelers over 44 is number 2. And then Bears plus 8, Chiefs minus 10, Bills minus 3. No particular order for those three. I feel just as strong with the three of them. But my number 1 and number 2 plays are Raiders minus 2.5 and and Ravens, Steelers over 44. Teaser for the week. Uh, Fade this teaser because I think I won my first teaser when I started giving them out in like week 7 or 8. And I don't think I've won one since. Uh, Rams screwed me last week. Uh, but teaser, we're going to tease up the Chargers to plus 9, and we're going to tease the Seahawks up to plus 9. Both three-point underdogs that I like. 
So I'm going to tease them both up to plus nine. And that's my teaser for the week. Those are my best bets. Those are my plays for every single game. The road to 272 bets continues, my friends. Best of luck this week, whether you decide to tail, fade, make your own plays, whatever you do, good luck. I love you all dearly. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. I forgot to mention that. Read it, review it, all that good stuff. I will talk to you all next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.